Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. It is our great joy to bring you the Word of God so that you can hear it and you can apply it to your life so that you will continue to grow and be faithful in the things of God. As you listen to this message today, ask the Lord to just lead you and guide you and help you so that He can use your life to make a difference in the people that you come in contact with every day. This is our day and this is our hour to be the light of the world so that God can make a difference. At the end of today's message, we're going to give you more information on how to connect with us online and or in person. We'd love to connect with you and help you to grow in the things of God. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. Many false prophets, he says, have gone out into the world from here and they've gone out and they have established themselves among the people. And the result is that many who are Christians do not have an understanding of their conviction or the doctrines of the Christian church. I was looking at a survey done by George Barner who operates a Christian research organization and he said this, If Jesus were to ask, who do you say I am? The question he famously asked Peter. He would be disappointed at some of the answers he would receive from us here in America. If he would just ask today, who do you say that I am? Somebody said, well, you're the man upstairs. You're a higher power. You hear what they say. We have a higher power. He said, varying numbers of Americans embraced a different aspect of biblical worldview thinking. And the survey found this. Four-fifths, or of born-again adults, 79% firmly believe that the Bible is inaccurate. Most people at a survey say that there are inaccuracies in the Bible. One quarter of adults, 27%, are convinced that Satan is a real force. Only 27% of adults and born-again Christians, 40%, only 40% of the people who say they're born again believe that the devil is real and he's a real force. He ain't showed up at midnight at their house yet. A minority of American adults, 40%, are persuaded that Jesus lived a sinless life. When he was on earth, slightly less than two-thirds of the born-again, 62% of born-again believers believe that Jesus led a sinless life. So almost 40% of the people who are born again believe that Jesus was sinning, according to the survey. But the principal doctrine of, of the Christian belief is that Jesus was sinless. So somehow over time, the truth of the word of God and the truth of of Jesus Christ has been distorted and is not by accident. You're hearing these messages all the time. They're coming through you through the music and the media and movies and talk shows and reality shows. Even the first ladies ain't saved on the first ladies show. Some of them. Don't be no hater. They want to say, I'm just keeping it real. But here's what John said, divinely loved ones, stop believing every spirit. 
but put the spirits to the test for the purpose of approving them because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And then he says in verse 2, this is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Well, how do we know when someone is real? When, how do we know that the spirit is real? That the spirit is real, not someone, the spirit. That every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and now even already is in the world. Now John gives this test, which will prove that the Holy Spirit is working in the teacher. If that teacher confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, that is proof of the fact that he's a true believer and is actuated by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, every teacher who's in agreement with the Bible that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Everything in the Christian faith revolve around who Jesus is. You ever notice whenever other religions or people that have other approaches they're good with God, but when they come to Jesus, that's when they start having an issue. Well, we believe he was a prophet. Now, we do believe that. They don't want to discount him all the way. They just say, well, we do believe he was a prophet now. We know he was a prophet. But was he the son of God in the flesh? No, we just believe he was a prophet. Now, he was a good person. Do you believe he was resurrected from the grave from our salvation? No, we believe that you have to do X, Y, Z before you can get salvation. So they don't have a problem. Well, God, you know, we, 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 we worship God. God and Allah, they, they're the same. All right, but when they come to Jesus, there's a problem. And that's the reason there's a problem. Because that's where the dividing line is. John asked, can they acknowledge? Now, on first brush, you might look at this sentence and say, that's kind of easy. Acknowledge that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and he's from God. Now, when you dig into that, you'll understand why that is important. That name, Jesus Christ, is above every other name. And it's not just the name. It's not just the words, Jesus Christ. You can find somebody named Jesus. That ain't the same as Jesus. Now, what's involved in that statement, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh? The name Jesus is from the Hebrew name Yeshua, which means Jehovah saves. Somebody say he saves. And so you have, you have, to, sign, have to sign on the building downtown here that says Jesus saves. What other name can you call on and be saved just by calling on that name? Mm -hmm. So he says, no, you got to believe that Jesus, the one that saves, and Christ is the anointed one, the anointed one who saves. Somebody say Jesus saves. You can call on that name. You know, you can be driving down the street and an 18-wheeler get in your lane and you can say, Jesus. <laughs> and he can change it right then. Jesus saves. Oh, that you better know who you're calling on. He said, does anyone believe Jesus Christ is come? 
He is come. The word is come speaks of the God of the Old Testament who is in the person of his son. God wrapped in the flesh. He is God among us. He is come. He came. He had to come. He, he, he wasn't just born here. He came here. He's the incarnate God in, in human flesh without sin. And he died on the cross to satisfy the demands of God for men who broke the law of God. And he raised himself up from the dead and became our living savior of every sinner who places our faith in him. And that's why he died on that cross. That's who I'm talking about. And they say, that's who we're talking about. Are you talking about him? Or are you talking about somebody else? That's who you are motivated by? Is that, can you say that I acknowledge him and I believe in him? And that's who I am, uh, who I'm following? If that ain't the one you're talking about, we ain't talking about the same spirit. And when you start talking about that one, that Christ, the anointed one, who is the savior of all mankind, the one that they hung on that cross and who was raised up on the third day. And some of them say, John said, we saw him ourselves after the grave. That's the one we're talking about. Are you talking about him or are you talking about somebody else? Because he said, this is the way you need to follow. No one come to the father but by me. That's what he said. Paul said to the church in Galatians, I'm, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. He said, evidently some people are trying to throw you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach another gospel, other than the one we preach to you, let him be condemned. If somebody else, it could be an angel, if he coming and talking about some other person, some other gospel, let him be condemned because there's only one gospel that I know about. We that believe are not just speaking the name Jesus without understanding who he is and what that name stands for. He is the savior of mankind. He was crucified again and he was raised up on the third day to save us from the fire of hell and give us an eternal life that we can live with him forever and ever. He's the one who knew no sin and became sin for us by taking our sins and nailing them on the cross Amen. and redeeming us by his blood. That's the one. That's the one that you can call on right now and he'll deliver you and set you free from every yoke of bondage. How many said I've been set free? Oh, the Bible said, the old hymn writer said, when nothing else could help. Yeah, he delivered me. Here's what Paul wrote to the Philippians in chapter 2 verse 5. He said, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, or let this same mind be in you, in the King James, who being in the very nature God, Jesus Christ, God did not consider him, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in the appearance of a man, as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. 
Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every other name. Gave him the name, not a name, the name that is above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess in heaven and under the earth. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, folks might not know who he is. They might not care who he is. But one day they're going to bow down and say, nah, no, I, I, I was wrong. I, they, they didn't tell me. I, I had it all messed up because he said at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And every tongue is going to confess that, oh, you, you, yeah, yeah, now I know you the Lord. But some of them is going to be too late. You know, you want to bow now. You don't have to wait until he try to tell, to become in his glory. Because when you see him breaking through the clouds and you look up and you see him in his full glory, you're going to say, I know he, I know who he is now. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the word of God to you. And we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at LOWCF. Dot O-R-G. Again, that's L-O-W-C-F dot O-R-G. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're in Atasca Cedar, Kingwood, Summerwood, Fall Creek, North Houston, Northeast Houston, you're in our neighborhood. Come and be our guest. I want to remind you that the Beacon Christian Bookstore is located right here on our campus. Almost every Christian bookstore in our city has closed, but we have an inventory of Bibles, communion supplies, Sunday school books, offering envelopes, study materials, or whatever you might need. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.